therapy as a therapist and as a client. And there has not been much in my life that has made me confront (laughs) wounding and childhood trauma the same way that a wedding would. back. Hi, Aim. Hi, how are you? I am good. I'm in the midst of wedding planning and all of the things that that entails, but I'm good. Mm, yeah, Let's... I'm excited for a little bit like deeper check in with that. I'm curious like, yeah, how that's like, how are you really doing? <laughs> how, how, how is wedding planning actually? Yeah. <laughs> um, because that's where we are going to go. There's your little foreshadowing listeners. Um, Let's let's do your check in first, and then we'll just dive dive deep into <laughs> Lindsay's unconscious via wedding planning. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So I'm currently um, wiring in, calling in from a frigid house. My heat has been off all day um, because something's happening with a gas leak, I think, somewhere, and so they've shut it off. There's a whole thing that they have to do. Some guys came by and were like, oh, yeah, like they turned my gas off and then they have to purge the system, whatever that means. And then they have to turn it back on. And <laughs> just like, and then they were like, do you want us to come and light your pilot light? And I was like, yeah, I haven't done that in, I don't know, since I was like in eighth grade. Um, Cause I think I did it one time where I was like, young but anyway so just the like reality of that has kind of derailed my day I had a day where I just had uh, like other stuff planned to like go places and do things and work out and all this stuff but I had to be here to be home um, because they're going to come by and like fix things and so or like come by and you know do all those things and I didn't know about that until the, the afternoon so yeah it's been a day How have you given yourself grace throughout missing what was planned? I Mm -hmm. feel like a lot of times I'll get derailed and then I'm just like in this, I I imagine like Sonic the Hedgehog when he rolls, I guess that's snowballing. It's like a loop. (laughs) Snowballing, but (laughs) as a Sonic snowball of just like, wow, now I'm not productive. I didn't do this. I didn't work out. I'm not even going to move my body. I'm just going to like, I'm already in this shithole. I might as well just watch Netflix. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you give yourself grace instead of allowing yourself to be like, well, the day is shot. It's out of my control. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm still kind of in the process of releasing that. (laughs) But I um, noticed that I was like, you know, checking social media. So I just went ahead and just took it off my phone for the day. I sat down and knew that I was going to be kind of distracted. So I just did some tasks that I could do while distracted. So I'm leading my writing group um, in January. And there's a lot of stuff that I have to do on my website and content creation and just like little bits and things there. And then I just did a little editing on my newsletter that went out today. So I just had those tasks and it felt good to just get those things done. And I felt like I had a little bit of a win there Um, and just fed myself and just, I, 
I think that this has happened to me enough times where I can be like, okay, like this is happening. I can name it. I understand. I'm aware of it, conscious of it. And so I get realistic about what I'm going to be capable of today. And then I try to receive support, right? I like texted, um, you know, the guy that I've been dating, we were texting about it and he was like, is there anything I can do to help you? And I was like, can you just ask me later if I got anything done with work? (laughs) Just like, I just need a little accountability. And he was like, I can do that. So that felt good, right. To receive that support and um, yeah, just know that like, Oh, and my brain felt so much better when I got some tasks done and got myself like a little bit more focused because I felt so kind of spun out from all the things that I had to do. Um, Because uh, when we're recording this, it's like the couple days before Thanksgiving. And so in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so cold because it's going to get really cold on Friday. I really want to get this fixed. And so I thought my furnace was broken. So I called people for that. And then I got the call and it was actually the gas that was just shut off. So just all of that. And uh, just really, it's just a lot, you know, to kind of hold and handle. So um, yeah, I feel like I'm in a, you know, just still kind of landing and I'm actually really grateful that I didn't have anybody scheduled, you know, for client work today. Cause I think this oh my is gosh, just yeah. a, you know, I'm, I'm giving myself the permission to be a little spun out so that it helps me slow down. Right. And just kind of be like aware. And noticing just how much you did get done, right? Mm-hmm. Like a asking for what you need is mm-hmm. massive, especially amidst a Sonic the Hedgehog moment, AKA yeah. what I realized is called snowballing. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. The visual of Sonic helps me more. Um, because I think that's a lot, right? And a lot of people would be like, no, 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 like I got it. Actually, like you even checking in is too much for me right now. Just like give me some totally. space or whatever yeah. it is. So props yeah. for asking to I I forget what um I think it was a it was an author, I can't remember who it was, but wrote for obviously a bunch of novels, but also the Times and these massive um publications. And basically said, I commit to writing 200 words a day, right? Anyone that writes can write 200 words a day. Anyone who doesn't write can probably write 200 words a day. Um, And basically said that if I committed to that, thousands of words would pour out of me. But I just had to write 200 words of absolute shit first. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I can really, 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 really just totally empathize with that. So, yeah. And that, right, those are the things that, okay, I don't feel like I have 100% or even 80% in my tank, but I have enough to plan content creation. I have enough Mm. to change the wording on my website. And oftentimes that, in a healthy way, snowballs or Sonic the Hedgehogs into more productivity than you thought was possible. So, um, yeah, props to you. I don't envy how chilly you are right now, and I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) I empathize. (laughs) I know I'm wearing like a sweater and then a, a cardigan on top of my sweater and I should be wearing like two pairs of pants right now probably but it's fine I'm getting my cold exposure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you yeah. don't need the ice bath because it is your house yes exactly yeah. <sighs> but well yeah. keep us posted I hope it comes on soon 
hope someone comes and lights the pilot light. And listeners, that is not um, an invitation to explain to us what exactly is happening when they purge the lines. Just just know that Amy and I know someone's handling it. We it's don't fun. care. Yeah, we don't, and, we don't care enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, props to the guys that came to my house and they were like, do you want us to come and do your pilot light? Like they weren't like, we will come and do it for you because you don't know how to do that as a woman. You know, they didn't, there was none of that vibe, which I really appreciate. And also I'm like, as a human, I don't know how to do that. And <laughs> I could probably YouTube it. Um, but I would just, you know, like, I think like, honestly, this actually like aligns with my fears around multiple things. I don't like it when things pop. So I don't like it when like balloons pop, like I'm just like, oh, someone's about to pop a balloon. Not my fan. Thing. When someone's popping a thing of biscuits, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, like yeah. The- biscuits. Don't like that. I don't like champagne popping. And to me, lighting something like a pilot light, that feels like I'm about to die because I'm going to get like gas is going to explode in my face and um, it's going to be a watery, sad death. So. Yeah, and you know what? We made it through the nineties. The story in my head. <laughs> we we have had thin eyebrows. We don't need to singe them off anytime soon. Absolutely not. <laughs> these took a long time to grow. Okay, yeah, we nursed these back. Gen Z, you want to bring back low waisted jeans? You want to bring back all this other <laughs> stuff that we fought for decades to get past? Pluck your eyebrows and then and then mm-hmm. tell me that you yeah, have started exactly. a new trend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, anyway, here's, here's to fun facts up. about me. <laughs> I, I'm glad I know that. I didn't know that. And not that you and I don't drink often together really at all, but I will not be popping any champagne around you. Noted well, for the it's wedding. Fine if Noted it for the wedding. Around me. I don't like being responsible for it. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, so it's not like, I'm not like a, I don't have like a phobia of that. I just don't like to do it. Got so it. it's just like a cringy, like expectation thing, you know? Got it. Well, I will pop all the bottles then. Pop them. Yeah. Pop the, the bottles at around the wedding. Me. Yeah, exactly. Pop all your biscuits around me. I don't care. No. Like, we out here popping bottles and biscuits. <laughs> this is so dumb and only funny to us. I don't yeah. care. I hope someone else laughs at that. Um, <laughs> speaking of, okay. Uh, bottles and biscuits, the wedding. Um, absolutely nothing to do with bottles or biscuits, but did I tell you that I think, I mean, obviously you're in my wedding. Um, the latest kind of little snafus I have run into, um, my hair and makeup team canceled on me. Oh yes. You told me this. Yes. Um, for those of you who have ever planned a wedding, um, timelines are just wild, right? Like we're in this Mm. post pandemic world where weddings are like kind of sort of almost getting caught up, but so many things got pushed. Really? Like still? Oh yeah. Well, because think about like, oh, there were tons of weddings that got postponed. Right. And then people didn't just stop getting engaged. So there's like all of those weddings. And so, I mean, my wedding is not until July of 2024. And I started planning it in January of 2023. Um, 
I also just have to note, yes, I am a highly anxious yet functioning person. And so, no, I don't think you need that much time to plan a wedding, but it just helped my nervous system to have some things in place. But what was wild was there were vendors because, right, I I have a day of coordinator, but I'm not paying someone to plan my wedding. I'm doing all of it. Um, So some of it is kind of a learn as you go. Um, And one of the things I did learn early on was when I was booking vendors that I was shocked. Like I thought I was way on top of it and calling super early and that everyone was going to think I was a crazy person. And more than one vendor was like, oh, we only have one more availability that day. So if you want it, it's yours. Maybe that's a marketing technique. Maybe they're like, yeah, give us your deposit. And we're going to tell every bride of 2024 that we only have this much availability. Right. It's like, hey, let's uh, let's lie. Let's our marketing <laughs> technique. Like, okay. Yeah. So. Let's increase everything 300% because this bitch said wedding and also lie to her. Right. Um, so You're like, maybe, I'm having a party. <laughs> yeah, I'm having a party. I might wear white. My whole family might be there and my closest friends, but it's just a gathering. Um, exactly. Anyway, so yeah, I was really shocked that like timelines are wild, wild west in wedding planning. Um, and so when these girls canceled not only was I like oh crap well now I'm scrambling because so many places like I called so many people after that that were booked right because now we're months away from Mm -hmm. the time that I had actually booked these people so not only did they cancel but they canceled when I was in Europe so I was like also fighting time differences and trying to remedy it um which was not ideal but ultimately I was like Lindsay, it is hair and makeup and like not the end of the world if we don't look like we all just stepped out of Vogue. And also that's like anyone who knows me, I never look like I just stepped out of Vogue. I look like I stepped out of like outdoor magazine most days. <laughs> With like socks and burks and socks and burks. Different like a, colored leggings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A twig in my hair. Uh, Yeah. So I'm not. Like at the time, it just felt like, oh my God, everything is crumbling. My plan, right? Kind of similar to what you were saying today. Like this obviously is a big event and what you had was a little bit more micro is like a, a day, but it really can feel Don't like one thing. Monday like that. Just <laughs> one thing can totally like send yes. me into a tailspin that like, oh my God, the whole day is going to be ruined. And I think what was really important in that moment was just like breathe lens, like feel your feelings, feel pissed off that this girl is working a fucking festival for a free ticket instead of going to my wedding. I have all these stories about instead of working the wedding. Yeah. Like she has agreed to work a festival instead, which whatever it's not hair and makeup. I don't think anyway, We can unpack that. There was like every story about like, right, I'm less important than this thing or like Mm -hmm. whatever. So I let all of those feelings come in and then it was like, okay, now what action? Right. And was it totally inconvenient? Yes. Did I really love having to fill out the inquiries where it's like, what is your vibe and how many people and what's your type? You know, like all that. No, it was like super annoying and it couldn't just copy paste because everyone's inquiry sheet is like the slightest bit different. But at the end of the day, it just took a little extra work. Um, Mm. 
but that was the latest kind of breakdown. Um, but I do think obviously that's pretty surface level. Um, and it touches on, like you said, like, I want to feel important. I want to feel like a priority for people. I want to feel like people care about this day that it's, they understand how important it is to me. Right. These are all things that like so many of us feel on a regular basis. Right. And can be really triggering, you know, when those things get hit. Right. And this is a helpful thing to remember. Like if something is impacting you or frustrating you or upsetting you and you, maybe you're telling yourself like, this isn't a big deal. Like, why am I upset about this? It's like, Oh, there might be something a little deeper here. Right. That's bothering you or bugging you or upsetting you. Absolutely. I mean, I think all of our emotions, regardless of how big or small they are, are like reactions to a story we tell ourselves about what's happening. And so oftentimes, right, we can have this like big explosive moment and it's like, well, what the hell? Like Davis just forgot to get the mail today and I freaked out. But like the story I'm telling myself is he wasn't listening to me when I asked him to do this thing. And if he loved me, he would listen, right? Or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden I have this huge explosive moment when he's just like, uh, no, no, the mailbox first off is like 18 steps away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can go check it. And like, I need to stop spinning for a second. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Right, because we create these stories and the stories are the things that cause the pain, that cause the problems. Yeah, how how many times I have learned that lesson in this Um Right. I Mm. I've joked with a lot of my friends, like I've done a lot of therapy as a therapist and as a client, and there has not been much in my life that has made me confront (laughs) Mm -hmm. wounding and childhood trauma the same way that a wedding would. And I think that a lot of that has to just do with, I mean, it's a highly emotional day highly emotional Mm -hmm. for for all the right reasons and then also maybe some of the painful ones um but Mm -hmm. you are just faced with so many of those stories time and time again yeah right exactly yeah yeah Mm. is there anything that has felt significant for you that you you know feel like would be helpful to share or curious to like talk about here Um, I mean, there's a ton. I think one is, uh, I am not the best at asking for help. Amy Mm -hmm. can probably knows this to be true about me. (laughs) Uh, and there's like, some of my story is like, well, I have this attention to detail or it's my day or I have this vision. So obviously I can execute it unlike anyone else can. Um, there's also this like, well, I don't want anyone to think that I can't do it. Right. Like, of course I can juggle a job and a partnership and my friendships and this wedding planning and make it be the best day ever. Um, and it's just kind of like having that honest sit down with myself and being like, no, I can't. And like, I think the biggest, uh, kind of piece of advice I got early, early on in this is that everything throughout wedding planning comes at a cost. 
Mm. And that can be a monetary cost. Like, I don't want to think about it. I want to pay someone else to handle it. Like, here's the check. Or it can come at a physical cost. Like, okay, I am going to actually, I text all of you bridesmaids. I was like, we have to stuff little cups of dried flowers because I want biodegradable confetti that everyone can throw. Like that's a a physical (laughs) cost, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or an energetic cost. Like how much time and attention is this going to take outside of the actual action that it's like pulling me away from? And is that a cost Mm -hmm. that I am willing to take on? Or is that one that I can delegate? Um, what I have learned more than anything is like delegate as best I can. I'm trying to ball Mm -hmm. on a budget. Uh, and so there are certain things that can't be delegated. I just have to like pony up and do them. Um, but not being afraid to ask for the help. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm, Right. There's this part of you that really believes that if you want something done, you have to do it. Right, that over-functioning part of you. And what's interesting is that in order for us to find peace and kind of like maybe some, like a little sense of happiness, right? In some ways too, is that maybe there's a, that part of you is going to have to let go of understanding that it's not going to look exactly your way. Either it's not going to look exactly my way or who's to say that the way someone else might do it isn't wicked uh efficient or they actually yeah. do a better job better than job. what yeah. I'm gonna do. Um it's actually really, really relieving when you're like, I don't have to do this. Like I get totally. to yeah. instead turn my time and attention to the parts of this process that I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. Um and kind of releasing those reins of control was really, really hard for me at first. Um mm-hmm. Right. We kind of joke, not even joke because it is true, but like the universe will keep serving you the same lesson until you like (laughs) do it differently. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, there's been a lot of times throughout this process where I'm like, no, I'm going to white knuckle it. And this is exactly how it has to happen. And it's like, oh, well, actually, no, we're going to have your whole hair and makeup team cancel on you. Or like, nope, that that bridesmaid is actually going to say she can't be in the wedding right yeah um so my hope universe if you're listening is that i i get it okay i I I can't have control i hear the lesson um and i'm ready to just like have fun and like be a bride um but yeah i think you know even outside of the planning process it brings up a lot of a lot of the stories, a lot of the childhood wounding, a lot of the, it's the first time in my life, right? You have massive events, be it graduations or birthdays. Um, you don't really have many times in your life where ideally, hopefully like all of your closest loved ones and friends are in the same place to all celebrate you. Yes. Right. Um, and that comes with a lot of fear, if I'm being honest, Mm -hmm. a lot of fear, um, fear that feels as small as like, I mean, you were there when I was dress shopping. I, you guys, there were, how many people were there? Eight, eight, too too many. There was like eight people there. There was a lot of, (laughs) there were like nine. 
<laughs> okay. Okay. One more person yeah. that I said was there. Was there? <laughs> okay. That's like that's that's a lot. Okay. It was a lot of yeah. people. There was a lot of input, and I felt so awkward. Like I walked out, and it was just eighteen eyes looking at me. Mm-hmm. And it was right. like imagine like that times ten. Fuck. Know? Like yeah. that's scary. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also scary because. There's certain expectations that I have of family, of friends, of bridal party that maybe aren't fair. That's like, wait, is that my expectation? Mm-hmm. Because that's how I would want to show up as a friend or as a loved one. Is that my expectation? Because that's really going to make or break my mm-hmm. weekend. Totally. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's taken a lot of digging into what is what what feelings are fair like which ones deserve to be here not that any of my feelings don't deserve it but like what are ones that I can feel and let move through me and which ones mm-hmm. can I feel and let fuel me mm, yeah that's so interesting and I was thinking about like the I think we talked a little bit about this over the phone just the concept of how do we contribute to our own suffering right mm. how are we contributing to our own suffering by making a story right or meaning or you know kind of really interpreting something from that lens of our younger selves right versus oh this is what another adult is choosing to do and so i'm going to sit with it and be with it and recognize i get to enjoy my life regardless right um versus you know kind of like that pain we kind of like let ourselves just really drop into Absolutely. Um, being less elusive for listeners, I called Amy uh, around this was, I think, another reason I'm like asking the universe to finally just like cool its jets because I'm I'm listening loud and clear. I hear it. <laughs> hear um, yeah. The same week that hair and makeup canceled, um, one of someone from our wedding party told me that um they would not be able to attend certain parts of our wedding because they after the fact made of like the wedding week yeah. yeah of the wedding week um they made commitment to do something else um and i got real i mean if i'm being completely honest guys i'm human i'm still pretty mad about it um i think there's this will be another podcast episode at some point in the future there's kind of this like construct that we have around anger and when it's acceptable and what's acceptable about it and oftentimes it is not women that feel like anger is ever acceptable to feel Mm -hmm. um and so I have really worked with my relationship with it and I'm actually proud that I was able to express that I was angry um that didn't change anything but it was just like I am dignified in this anger and I'm going to let this person know that it is present versus Mm -hmm. holding it all inside and allowing that to fester into a resentment or something that was like left unsaid that I very well could have just expressed hey I know it's uncomfortable for you to hear that I'm angry right now and Mm -hmm. I'm angry Mm -hmm. um it also allowed that energy to kind of move um where it doesn't feel as as piping hot as it once did Mm -hmm. um And yeah, I called you just like seething. (laughs) For those of you that can't see Amy, she is nodding in agreeance. Um, (laughs) 
I was so yeah. mad. And props to Amy because she just let me be super mad. Like just let me rant and rave and like have have my moment and have my anger and let it be present and heard it, validated it, felt it, and then offered, right? Like, okay, and if this is the reality, are you going to choose to focus only on that? Or are you going to choose to focus on the fact that you have 17 other people in your wedding party that are all showing up in this beautiful, wonderful way? And that was such a reframe for me to be like, okay, am I really going to let one person, like that's a drop in the bucket of Mm -hmm. our massive wedding party that is like, (laughs) (laughs) that also, let me tell you about that planning. Uh, You know, I do not just like, just be up there by yourselves. You guys, you don't need 50 fucking people next to you when you do this, but here I am (laughs) and we're going to, Um, (laughs) why am I letting the actions of one person outshine the actions of almost 20 others. Mm. Yep. Yeah. How did that feel for you? Right. In your body? How did you feel a difference in your body? Did you notice a shift in your kind of just like your experience of that moment or did it help you in thinking about it in the future? You know, what did you notice? Yeah. Um, at first I was like, Amy, I really liked it more when you were just letting me be mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's all well and good, but I'm just going to be mad now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love the reframe, but I'm not here for it right this second. Um, Then after I like stopped being such a brat about it, I was it honestly allowed me to find more compassion. Like, mm. um this person didn't choose to have something come up the same weekend. Um, This person, like if I were in that person's shoes, regardless of what my decision would have been, like it's a crummy situation to be in regardless, Mm. like that, that decision sucks. Um, It also allowed me to not only sympathize with the fact that the decision sucked, but with the parts of me that are very similar to the parts of them. Um, So what I mean by that is I definitely recognize that I have a part of me that I love um, that will go to the absolute ends of the earth for my friends. Um, I want my friends to know that if they called me, they needed me for anything, no matter how big or how small, like I would be there and I'd be present and I'd be there 110%. Um, that has also gotten me into a lot of trouble in the past, like um, maybe showing up for people. And I don't want to say like who didn't deserve, but showing up for people in that way when they didn't show up with the same kind of concerted effort mm. in our friendship. Um Right. Which kind of just builds a resentment and just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Built. Well, yes, I think it can build a resentment if I'm being completely transparent and vulnerable right now. Um, for me and in saying yes and being that person came from a very, very wounded place. Um, Mm. there is a really young part of me that believes that I'm pretty disposable. 
um, that if I show up for people in a certain way, in that 110% way, then I will embed myself so deeply in their lives that they couldn't possibly imagine life without me. So in turn, they wouldn't abandon me. Mm-hmm. And that's like the really shadowy God's honest truth of what propelled this part of me for a really long time when it was unconscious. Now that it's a little bit more conscious, like I said, I really love that part of me. I love the fact that I will show up for my friends 10,000%. But when gone unchecked or like, hey, what's the motive behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, it can, right. it can get really sticky. And so I think that is the part of me that was really triggered by all of it was that it was like, Ooh, I used to overextend in this way to avoid feeling exactly how I feel right now. Like, I feel like you are choosing something over me. I feel like I'm unimportant. I feel like I'm not the part of your life that I hope I occupied. Um, and when I was able to get really clear on that, a lot of my anger was not directed at them. It was kind of directed at the situation or at this really old kind of exiled triggery part. Mm, Wow. Yeah. That feels like such a shift that feels so different, right? When we can have more texture to the conversation, it gives us so much understanding, right? Yeah, it definitely, it made me appreciate what the anger was trying to do. So mm-hmm. typically people think that anger is like, you know, set a boundary, push away the danger, right? Like total protective mechanism, which it was, but it wasn't protecting me. Like that person in my wedding party was not the scary threat. Mm-hmm. The scary threat was the false core belief that I am not worthy or I am not lovable or I, right. Like these really Mm. like nobody likes to feel those things. Right. So I would rather feel anger than touch into that exile that didn't feel like enough. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like I would, you know, rather feel angry than vulnerable, you know, or, you know, notice and name, right. Oh, this is actually a young part of me who has a deep need and deep desire. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was real. Um, I'm sure that, you know, there's a thousand different ways that people um, could handle that. For me, Mm -hmm. it took feeling the anger, allowing, (laughs) get a friend like Amy, basically moral of the story, get a friend like Amy, (laughs) get a, (laughs) get a therapist that can be like, that's great. You're allowed to be angry. And what if you weren't? What if you picked <laughs> happiness over under suffering? <laughs> Which, I mean, you're allowed to be angry, right? Yes. Like, there's nothing that says you can't be, you know? But yes. it's usually like, oh, there's maybe something alongside the anger, right? Right, right. Like if our big <clears throat> emotions are always a response to a story, get someone that can get you curious about the story, be it a friend, a therapist, a coach, right? Like, Obviously, this show is two therapists talking to each other, so we're going to be huge advocates of that. Um, but I think for me, the the order of operations was like, feel it, understand it. And then I wanted to express it. Um, and I think that 
when there's right two two triggered nervous systems in the same space like there just wasn't room for that person Mm -hmm. and I to have a really constructive conversation and so I chose to write a letter and it was just kind of like I didn't know if I was going to send it or not but it was just like I want to clear this energy so that I feel like there's not something left unsaid um that's probably a sentence that people listeners will hear me say a lot like if I can check from top of my head to the tips of my toes like is there something I'm holding on to that has gone Mm -hmm. unsaid Mm -hmm. um that will fester and I knew that by the time July of 2024 hits and I walk into my wedding day I don't want anything festering yeah um so I will let you Uh, We will keep this conversation open. We'll keep the check-in available for how uh, this continues to unfold. But for the time being, it was really cathartic for me to move through all of those um, kind of stages of the process. And now when my beautiful, wonderful, awesome, soon-to-be stepmother-in-law was asking me about it and I could feel her anger I was actually the one that was able to stay really stable in it because Mm -hmm. I had allowed myself to feel it and like actually get to a place where I was like you know I don't know that I need an ultimatum I don't know that I need like these really harsh like angry Lindsay a month ago would have been like yeah like fuck it yeah like let's make everyone suffer like make everyone feel exactly how I feel right now and instead it was like (laughs) right well, now that I can sit with it, like I'm actually going to be okay, regardless of what happens, I'm going to be okay because I'm so centered in totally what is yeah, exactly. Mm, love that. What just like a beautiful moment for you to learn something um, a little deeper about yourself, right? I think that's why we both love that model of understanding the parts of ourselves, right? Because it's inherently a relational model. You're being and moving into relationship with yourself. And that's truly such a gift, right? Versus making yourself something to be mad at or frustrated about or diagnosed or just, um, you know, kind of stigmatized, right? It's like, oh no, I'm just connecting with what is, right? Understanding and and being with what is. Right. And when we make it a part of myself, right? I get to actually like create some separation between mm-hmm. me and the pain, between right. me this and the all of me. Yeah. Right. Like I am not anger. A part of me is angry, right? Mm-hmm. Or I am not unlovable to my core. A part of me has a belief that I am. And so it just allows me to have this amount of separation. And yeah, like you were saying, relate to that differently. Like if you were to come to me and be like, Lindsay, I'm unlovable. It would be like, what? Like the amount of love (laughs) and compassion that would come out of my body and (laughs) transpose onto you is like insurmountable. And yet we have the hardest time doing that with ourselves. And so Mm -hmm. when I can create that piece of separation or that degree of separation and see that part of me that has that belief, no longer angry. I'm like, oh my gosh, you like poor little girl right you and that's that's my that's specific to me it could be you know little puppy little whatever that part 
is for you, right? But like, wow, I really need, instead of having this anger, like I, I appreciate the anger because it tried to protect her so fiercely. And I know that I just need to love her in this way, right? Yeah, that this exactly. part of me that believes yeah. that. <clears throat> and you can only get to that place if you're like, again, willing to feel <laughs> the the plethora of feelings that are between you and that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. If you can begin to navigate them and map them and understand them as, you know, trailheads, right? Oh, this is a beginning of a trail. This is a beginning of a story. This is a beginning of a deepening with myself. Exactly. Hmm. So that's the latest. That's the latest uh, unconscious opening wedding planning. That's my check in. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, wow, thanks for that. Insight. Wow. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, just came up with that right now. This is a this is you know, not a month in the making of me actually figuring out my feelings. Just... <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so want to name that too, right? Like Yeah, it's like love... the process. It takes time to get to this place. Yeah. Yes. I would love to come on here and pretend that I am that enlightened and that I called Amy 30 minutes ago and had this angry check-in chat about it. But like no, it's a process like anything else. And parts of it sucked, parts of it were great and everything and anything in between. But um, yeah, I mean, just a testament to there's learning in every moment, right? Um, if we're willing to willing to listen or get curious. Mm, yes, 100%. Mm. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. Yeah. Mm. Oof. Now we're just sitting in, in <laughs> emotional know, right? but, We um, did it. <laughs> we did it. We're at the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> now that I'm cracked raw open, I'm going to, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go now. <laughs> I'm going to go. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye. Um, <laughs> <laughs>